I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 353 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, you guys are in for a real treat today. I have an incredible guest to bring you. Captain Richard Phillips is here with me today. His story of being captured by Somalia pirates, rescued by SEAL Team 6, has been immortalized by the major motion picture that bears his name. Tom Hanks is the star of the feature film and portrays Captain Phillips on the big screen. The movie is based on the book published by Captain Phillips titled A Captain's Duty, Somalia Pirates, Navy Seals, and Dangerous Days at Sea. Captain Phillips amazingly returned to sea 14 months after the pirate attack until his retirement. It is a huge honor for me to have him on the podcast. Captain Rich Phillips will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Captain Phillips was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you would like to watch the conversation between myself and Captain Phillips, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. The link is in the description of this podcast episode. And it just so happens that one of the SEAL Team 6 operators who was on the mission to save Captain Phillips was none other than the operator, Rob O'Neill, the frogman famously known for killing Osama bin Laden. You can hear my interview with Rob O'Neill way back on episode 54 of First Class Fatherhood. And speaking of Navy SEALs, joining me on Friday will be the return of Craig Sawman Sawyer to the podcast. Craig has an important documentary out right now called Contra Land about the magnitude of the child sex trade criminal enterprise and how he and his team are tracking down these bastards. Don't miss out on that. Tomorrow on the podcast, former NFL running back and cancer survivor Merrill Hodge will be joining me here, so keep it locked in for that. Make sure you're checking me out on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all of the upcoming guest announcements. I've got some tremendous dads that'll be joining me here soon, so find out who they are. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that celebrates fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Captain Phillips. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, today's episode is being brought to you in part by Manscaped. Manscaped has precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Let's face it, guys, we're all waiting for those barbershops to open up again because our hair has grown out of control during the COVID lockdown. But with Manscaped's third-generation lawnmower, you don't have to wait to shave that unwanted hair below the belt. And let's be honest, guys, when it comes to the bedroom, no woman wants to walk in and find that love muscle buried in the bushes. Get a smooth shave under your shorts with Manscaped's Perfect Package 3.0, which includes the waterproof cordless lawnmower 3.0. And right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners get 20% off plus free shipping by using the code FATHER at manscaped.com. Visit manscaped.com or tap the link in the show notes. Use the code FATHER and save 20% off. And enjoy all that extra attention she'll give you when she finds that bald eagle. Uh, Joining me now, First Class Father, Captain Phillips. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you very much, Alex. All right, let's start it like this. Uh, How many kids do you have and how old are they? Well, I, I, I have two kids. Uh, one is 30, my son Dan, uh, and uh, I have a daughter who's uh, soon to be 30, Irish twins, uh, uh, and she, she's in L.A. My son Dan is in uh, Connecticut. Okay, awesome. What type of sports or activities were they into growing up? 
Oh, uh, you know, uh, my, my daughter was very much into sports. Uh, my, my son really wasn't, but my son really impressed me. Uh, uh, you know, I knew my son got it when uh, he came to me uh, in high school. And he said, Dad, uh, uh, I, I, I want to play. I'm going to play lacrosse. And he was like a, a junior, I believe. Never played sports since Little League. Uh, was afraid in Little League because he was afraid of getting hit by the ball. So he was never a sports guy. And I said to him, you know, Dan, uh, they do a lot of running in lacrosse. I played college. I played uh, in, in high school. I've always had a lacrosse stick. Still have one now to play with the dogs uh, or my kids when they were younger. Uh, and he said, I, he goes, yeah, but I got a lot of friends there and, and uh, uh, I, I want to play. And I go, that's great, dear. That's what it's about. It's about having fun, New Horizons. So he went, he played two years. He wasn't that good. He had a good time. He really had a good attitude, and he learned about being part of a team, which I think is important to be for any kid to be part of a team. Uh, uh, you know, whether it's the the band, the orchestra, uh, or, or a football team. Yeah, well said. I couldn't agree with you more. There, I think that's the most the best part of it is learning to uh, play with a group, with a team, and and to be a part of something a little bigger than yourself. Uh, yeah. And, 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 and if you could here, please uh, just take a minute to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Okay. Um, my name's uh, Rich Phillips. I live in uh, Underhill, Vermont. Uh, I sailed 35 years as a merchant mariner. I sailed 25 as a captain. Sailed all over the world, all, all the continents. Uh, as I said, I had two kids, so it was tough on my kids. My my wife had to do a, re a really good job. Uh, she brought up my kids mostly. I mean, sometimes I'd go away and I'd come back, they'd be talking or they'd be walking. So... Uh, my, my wife was very important in that since I was gone six uh, months out of the year. But I, I sailed in the Merchant Marine 35 years total. Uh, I retired about five years ago, uh, and I was involved in a little incident off Somalia about a decade ago. Uh, and I was uh, lucky to be saved by uh, our military, our U.S. Navy, our extraordinary, uh, our Titans, our U.S. Navy SEALs. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, I've obviously seen the film and I uh, know all about the story. I'm going to get that in just a second here. So uh, in your career, during your career here then now as a, a sailor, how old were you then about when you first became a dad and how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? Oh, uh, I, I was 33 when I became a dad, so uh, I'm, I'm a little slow. I'm not that smart, uh, but uh, I became a dad. It, it was great. It's a responsibility that really, uh, really uh, hits upon you, uh, uh, especially when the first one is born. Uh, you know, you start thinking about all the problems. You start thinking about all the things you'll be going through, and, uh, and your thoughts and expectations are nothing to what will happen. Uh, but uh, it's really, to me, it's a re responsibility, and, and, and it's great. I've always liked little kids. I come from a big family. Uh, I, I have four sisters and three brothers, so uh, I always thought I'd have a big family, but uh, but uh, I don't know how my parents did it uh, But uh, with, with eight kids, but uh, I have two kids, and, I, and, and really it's a responsibility and, and, and giving them responsibility as they grow up so, so, so they're ready when, when you aren't there. Yeah, very well said, and I, I know that you allude to – uh, well, first of all, what was it like for you? Did you have any say in, in the matter of um, selecting somebody who was going to play you in the film? Like, did you have a say in, like, you wanted it to be Tom Hanks or were there other candidates there? What kind of part did you play in that? No, I, I mean, I didn't have a big part, to be serious. It was already, I, I think, chosen with, with, with the movie or the 
you know, the people involved producers. So I had no choice in that. You know, I, in the beginning, I never thought the movie would be made. Uh, I, I used to say, uh, you know, who do I want? They'd ask me, who do you want to play you? And I said, uh, Queen Latifah or uh, Joe Pesci. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I didn't really care. My concern was really that they would betray uh, my industry, my the people I work with, men and women, uh, the Virgin Marine. I was just concerned they'd give us a bad life, which I don't think they did. Uh, but but really, I I had no control in the choosing of the people. But uh, I mean, I don't think you can do much uh, uh, much better than Tom Hanks. Yeah, and that's that was incredible. Yeah, the movie was so well done. And I know in the beginning they have him talking about uh, you wanting your son to go and follow in your footsteps there to be a cat. Did that ever uh, come to fruition? Is he in the <laughs> in the seamanship? Oh no, no! Uh, you know, being a seaman is something you really gotta love. You you have to love doing it because it's not for the money. It's it, it's the challenge. I think is is is, is what we like. No, uh, my son was always very serious, much more serious than me. He always loved schools. He loved reading. He was a huge reader. I read a lot uh, uh, as well as my wife. So he's a huge reader. Uh, and I used to tell him, I live in Vermont, and so I said, uh, we had a deal that if uh, we'd, we'd be out at the bus, uh, waiting for the bus for the school, to take him to school, that, you know, if it snows more than a foot, which used to be not rare around here, it is now, if it snows more than a foot, we'll go to the mountain, we'll blow off school. Something I would have done, uh, you know, when I was in uh, school, but... Uh, uh, he turned to me and he goes, Dad, I have work to do. I, I can't go skiing. I got work to do. And so uh, my daughter turns to me and she goes, well, I can go, Dad. I can go skiing. And I go, no, we do it as a family or not at all. Get on the bus. So they went on the bus. I went to the mountain. Uh, but, but no, but my son Dan was always serious. And it's one thing uh, we, 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 we had a... Uh, uh, a showing up here in Vermont. Columbia uh, uh, w w was very, Sony was very good about that. And they let, let us do a fundraiser for uh, a family friend who had died earlier. So we raised some money uh, to benefit that. And and uh, that's one of the things most people laughed at who, who know us uh, was that we were worried about Danny in school because I used to try and pull him away from the books because uh, he was so serious. Uh, it was our daughter who really was more like me, who really didn't care about school, like sports, like the social aspect. Uh, we, we had to keep an eye on her. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. And, and then fast forwarding then to now, obviously, uh, you get captured by the Somalia uh, Pirates. Now, while you were actually in there, were there any of the pirates that actually did you could communicate that spoke English like the like the one does in the film? And what was it like to, for you as a dad uh, during that time being captured like that? Uh, I, I had no problem communicating, to be honest. Some of them spoke better English than my crew. Uh, so, uh, and, and they speak three or four different languages. It's not like here in the States where we speak one, albeit not that well. Uh, so, uh, you know, they, they, they spoke multiple languages, uh, at least three or four, but I had no problem uh, d discussing or talking with them. Uh, the leader really didn't talk that much. He always stayed in his role. Uh, he was never nice. He was never, uh, you know, what, what you see in the movie. Some of the other pirates were. And, and, and that's one of the crazy things of it was, was, you know, I, I did talk to the one, the younger one. And I said, you know, these guys are taking you down the wrong route. Uh, he was probably 20 years old, 21. 
And, uh, you know, these guys are going to get you in trouble. You, you need to find a new way. And uh, in the end of the whole situation, uh, he was the crazy one. He's the one who liked to sit across from me and dry fire his weapon and just grin at me. So in the end, he, he was the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the strange one. Uh, as far as fatherhood, to be perfectly honest, people ask me, did I think about my family? Did I think about, you know, things like that? And, and I really didn't. For me, it was all problem-solving mode. Uh, the whole time on the ship, I didn't think about it. It slowed down on the lifeboat a little, so I did have time to think about it then. I did mentally uh, go through the affairs of my life. I said something, uh, you know, if I had one last thing to say to my son, one last thing to say to my daughter, one last thing to say to my wife. I did that because I wanted to be to be ready and prepared for whatever the outcome. So uh, it wasn't really a, a, a father role model. It was really I just wanted to uh, be ready. Uh, say one last thing to my to my family. Uh, be prepared, and no matter what happened, I, I wasn't going to quit. I wasn't going to give up. Yeah, incredibly emotional part of the film, and I can only imagine in real life uh, how much more to to the degree it must have been for you. Now, uh, I've been I've had the honor of having. I just yesterday I recorded with my 50th Navy SEAL that I've had on the podcast here. I love. Their mindset, I love what they stand for. I'm so enamored by their whole community, and I'm glad we have access to them as civilians where we can now follow them on social media, read their books, because I think they're such a benefit to our society as a whole. How familiar with you with uh, the Navy SEAL unit and the teens before they came to your rescue? All right, dads, today's episode is being brought to you in part by Lumen. Lumen is working to improve the world's metabolic health and quality of life. Lumen is the first handheld device that measures your metabolism through the breath to tell you what fuel source your body is using for fuel, carbs or fats. You can receive real-time daily insights about where your metabolism is at to help you optimize your workouts, get fit, or lose weight. Lumen Science is rooted in years of validation research conducted by two of their founders and chief scientists. And today, First Class Fatherhood listeners can get $25 off by using the promo code FATHERHOOD25. Visit www.lumen.me or hit the link in today's show notes and enter the code FATHERHOOD25 to get $25 off and improve your quality of life today. How familiar with you with uh, the Navy SEAL unit and the teens before they came to your rescue? Oh, I, I was really n not familiar, to be honest. I mean, that na Navy SEALs, uh, for, for me, was that, that movie way back when. Uh, uh, Charlie, <laughs> Charlie Sheen. Sheen. <laughs> yeah, that, that really was the SEALs. I mean, I knew about the SEALs. I have dealt with the SEALs, uh, you know, before that in, in the Merchant Marine, either bringing equipment or, or whatever, but uh, didn't really know any. Uh, uh, wasn't really aware of everything they do, but since then I've got a little glimpse in, in, into the community, and it's truly a, an amazing community that they have. Not just the guys; everyone thinks that the guys, you know, they're they're macho, they're capable, they're intelligent, they you know. Uh, but but they also have a sense of community, and they care, uh, which is I think their 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 biggest strength. They care for themselves, they care for their families, they care for the fallen, the heroes' kids. Uh, it's a community I got to get a glimpse into, uh, a little glimpse, uh, that, that's truly amazing, and I can understand how they can do near impossible things. Yeah, uh, well said, and I'm, I'm always blown away after I get done speaking to them. It's like they're so humble about what they do, and you know that what they're capable of, and it's just, it's just amazing. Now, at what point after the rescue did you finally get a chance to talk to your wife and kids, and, and what was that like for you? What was that moment like? 
Oh, it was, uh, to be honest, uh, I didn't need to talk to my wife. I'm used to not talking to my wife for weeks, months at a time. We used to do letters to when, when I first started sailing, you know. We wouldn't talk for months at a time. So I did get to talk to her. Uh, they, they hooked her up uh, when I was on the boxer uh, that, that first night when I was rescued. I talked to her. I talked to Obama. Uh, Obama, President Obama, did call her also, and and the wife, my wife, in her indomitable way. Uh, uh, when he called, he said, "Well, I just talked to your husband, and he's fine." She said, uh, "President Obama, you mean I'm the second call?" Uh, <laughs> so uh, it was nice talking to her. But really, I just said, "I'm fine. I'll be home, uh, and I'm fine." For for me, it was really over uh it it was like a curtain very dramatic uh you know uh when i got out of that lifeboat uh but basically the seal picked me up and threw me in the rib boat uh you know and and they got me away away from there so for me it was it was over for me i was just trying to uh get get, get familiar get, get back realize i'm out of that situation yeah i would imagine it must be tough to kind of process all that immediately after it all went down and then um how, when was the first time that you were approached uh, the, the, for this story to be turned into a movie? And what was it like to watch this movie? I would imagine you watched it with your family. What was their kind of reaction to the movie? Were they were they like what, asking you what was real and what wasn't and all that? Yeah, uh, uh, really uh, from the moment I got home. I got home a day after my wife's birthday, April 17th. And uh, my phone didn't ring off the hook from 6 in the morning to 10 at night. Uh, it was really amazing. Uh, you know, books, actors, writers, uh, directors, things like that, agents. And, and I was totally out of it. And, and I, I, I want to tell you, Seal gave me, uh, he gave me good advice. Uh, and one thing he told me, he says, you know, you're going to be thrown back in, into the madness, into the media, into all that. He says, take a month before you make a decision. And, and that's one thing I, I did carry away with me. I said, I will not turn down anything. I will not agree to anything. Uh, it was really, I took his advice, and I think it was very good advice, uh, just to take a month, get back to everything, and then figure things out. I actually hired people, uh, you know, just to sort through that thing, uh, you know, the opportunities that were being extended to me. But it's a different world, and that's not my world. Uh, so it was very, very strange uh, for me. Um, and, and it was very strange to see the movie. I actually saw it with my wife. They, 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 they brought us out to L.A. to see it before it was completely finished, but they wanted to get an idea of what I thought. And uh, my wife says she cried twice, and uh, I, I mean, she jumped twice and cried at the end. Uh, I, I said it was a good movie. Uh, my fear was that, uh, you know, they they make a movie that was uh, named after me that was terrible. And I'd ask them to change the name, and they asked me why. And I said, one, I don't want a bad movie named after me. And two, there was more than Captain Phillips out there. There was 18 men who were instrumental in the positive outcome. Yeah, well said, Darren. I'm sure there's a little bit of that, too, as well, because the whole crew... Uh, was very heroic in the entire uh, episode that went down there. So, I mean, I, I obviously, I love the film. And uh, reining it back into you now here uh, as a father, what type of disciplinarian are you as a dad, being a sea captain here? And is it different than the discipline style that you grew up with? Uh, yes, it's different than the style I grew up with. As, <laughs> as I write in my book, my father was like uh, Vince Lombardi on a bad day. Uh, so, uh, my father was a football coach, a teacher. He had eight kids, uh, how he handled that stress. I don't know, but, uh, he was always working. Uh, and so he, uh, basically, uh, you know, he gave us a choice. You want to play sports? You want to work? 
So that was one. Well, let's play sports because we we didn't want to work with him. Uh, so that was one thing. And he'd always let you off for schoolwork. My brother was a smart one, so he always had homework. Me and my brother, brother Michael, uh, we didn't want to do homework, so we had to work. But uh, no, it was very. Uh, 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 a very tough, but you know exactly where you stood with my father. Uh, with me, uh, one thing I wanted to do is hug my kids. And and, and that's one thing that uh, my father never really did with me. So for me, I wanted to be open uh, and show my kids that we can be open. Because I think that allows them to be open to you. Uh, I was tough. Uh, I, I was always reciting... <laughs> Uh, little uh, sayings and little witticisms, uh, fool the money is soon parted, murder ends, we're doing a bush, you know, and I would continually say that because I think it takes multiple times to get through into a, uh, a younger than seven year old's brain. And so we would constantly hear that. My kids would finish the sentences. They were so sick of hearing it. Uh, but 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 I was uh, I, I was tough on the outset. But but I knew uh, you know for kids I think the most important thing is allow them to be kids. So uh, you know not to I wasn't a yeller. I've been criticized that uh, uh, sailing as captain by a few of my uh, people who worked under me. I need to yell more. So I'm not a yeller. You need to be. Uh, when I get mad, I get quieter. Uh, so uh, you know that that was one thing. I I hate a yeller. My father was a yeller and a curse and a swearer. And working on the ocean after about 20 years, I get tired of swears because every other word's uh, an F-bomb. Uh, and so we tried to get that, get that into our kids. So basically, we, we tried to show an example, tell them an example, and then let them see uh, through their own way and, and how to act. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I work for the railroad. I'm a, I'm a railroad mechanic, and I've been doing oh. it for 20 years, and it's same thing there. Every other word on the railroad is pretty, pretty <laughs> much a – so you kind of get desensitized to it, and then it's, you have to make that transition when you come home. And oh, I made yeah. it – you know, now it's a lot easier. When I first became a dad, it was so hard to kind of yeah. change that lingo when I came through the door, like, you know. And, <laughs> yeah, you got to watch yourself when you come home for Christmas dinner, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and, and segueing that into uh, – what, what were the top values that you were hoping to instill in your kids when they were growing up? Oh, I, I think in, in my, for me, it was, uh, uh, to be honest, uh, to, 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 to be able to uh, uh, suffer failure, to be able to get through that, to suffer frustration. I think that's very important for kids. I don't think we, we, we teach failure in, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, not being successful. Uh, we, we don't teach the opposite side of it. We have to be able to deal with it. So I wanted the kids to be uh, tough, to be able to know that one one faltering step, one one step of failure is not the end of the story. They can always come back. That uh, They have to be tough. Uh, and again, uh, honesty. And the last thing was loyalty. I mean, uh, the, the one thing I would tell my kids was you, you come into this world with one thing, and, and that's a name. And you go out with only one thing. We're all alone when we die. And that's your name you have left. So uh, that's your personal name. And that's what I tell my kids. So, uh, you know, you got to protect that uh, and, and do the right thing. I always tell them the, the truth won't kill you. It may hurt, but it won't kill you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, uh, Captain Phillips. And right now, I think we're in this kind of culture where we have, you know, every kid gets a trophy. We don't keep score. There's no winners <laughs> and losers. And I think that does so much damage because just like you said, you don't get to experience getting cut from the team or losing at an early age. And I think that that does help in the development of a child that, you know, from very early on. Yeah. And, and I think that helps in resolve. I think that's and when we deal with any problem. I think the first thing that we have to deal with is our own resolve. 
Are we going to get through this no matter what? I'm not going to take minor uh, setbacks or, or problems like that. I will get through this. It's tough now, but I will get through this. But much like what we're going through today. You know, uh, it's tough. Uh, uh, and we aren't through it yet, but we will get through this together. Together, we're strong. Yeah, right on with that. What's next for you here? Obviously, uh, you know, you see career in the books here. What kind of goals or plans do you have for the future for yourself? Uh, well, uh, I have retired approximately five years ago. I, I am involved with a trust, a maritime trust, to help get kids more involved, uh, minorities, women, inner city that we don't get a lot. A lot of people don't know what the Merchant Marine is, and we, we're trying to get the public awareness out there that the, uh, you know, the, the economic and strategic importance of the Merchant Marine, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know that our first Navy was our first Merchant Marine uh, in 1776, so uh, the importance of, of, of trade as we see today uh, in keeping the sea, sea lanes open, which is our Navy's uh, job, uh, is very important. So just to get the awareness of the Merchant Marine, try and get some kids who had no idea, uh, who like to use their hands, like to deal with problems, like the, uh, you know, uh, not being in an office all the time. Uh, it's an opportunity. So I'm involved with that. We're trying to get more, uh, more awareness out there on the public side of what the U.S. Merchant Marine does and what it has done historically. Yeah, good on you for that. And the last thing I'm going to hit you with here, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast. You probably touched on it a little bit already. Uh, what type of advice do you have for the new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Uh, I think, first of all, is you're going to make a mistake. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I'll get plenty of rest. Uh, uh, and just understand... Uh, it's not, it doesn't last forever. Uh, you know, it's one thing, like I said, I, I always like kids. I like little kids more than older kids, but, uh, you know, it doesn't last forever. I think when you're in the middle of it, I can remember thinking back uh, uh, with me and say, oh man, this is, and I'm gone six months a year. Uh, uh, this is on and on and on. And it's not, it is so quick. Uh, uh, it seems like yesterday that uh, Danny and Mariah were seven, six years old. And my son, Dan was asking me, what does it do, dad? Uh, so, uh, it, it goes by so much quicker than you think, and you get so much more out of it. And unfortunately, it's too bad you couldn't have kids after you had kids because then <laughs> you'd be so much better. But I, I think the most important thing is let them be kids, let them fail, let them do it their own, let them taste a little success because nothing builds confidence like a, a little success, and success is built upon success. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. This has been an honor for me. I got to say, Captain Phillips, you're a first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you very much, Alex. Great talking to you. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Captain Phillips for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. What an honor it was to be able to interview one of the Navy SEALs that was on the mission to save Captain Phillips, Rob O'Neill, and to have Captain Phillips himself here. If you've never seen the movie, I highly recommend checking it out. The link to his book is in the description of today's podcast episode. Tap the link, find out the links to the movie and to the book. Tomorrow on the podcast, former NFL running back and cancer survivor Merrill Hodge. Friday, a fresh Frogman Friday with the return of Craig Sawman Sawyer to First Class Fatherhood. All right, that's all I got for you guys today. Thank you for listening. I'm Alec Lace. This has been First Class Fatherhood. Please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.
your half-truths and tales As tall as the trees, I saw feeling so